You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coaches, and welcome to episode 71 of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. One of the things that has been really important to me, Chrissy Beltran, your host of this season, is that I wanted to make sure that I was bringing in real coaches who are solving the problems of coaching right now. And I wanted to show you what you know, it can look like whenever you have coaching support or a, or a coach for you as a coach because experts are so valuable and they help us learn new things and think through things. But I feel like there's real value in those coaching calls where two coaches are talking together, figuring things out that could affect their campuses in a positive way. So today I have a special guest. This is not my first coaching call this season, but um, it is one that I'm really looking forward to. My guest is Missy Sinclair, and we're going to talk through some of the issues that she's having and some of the great things that she's doing so that we can hopefully help you think through some of the work that you're doing on your campus too. So I'm really excited because I love these coaching call sessions. I don't know how they're going to go in advance. I kind of know the topic that the the guests want to talk about, but that's the extent of (laughs) my planning for these episodes. So I'm looking forward to chatting with Missy about how things are going on her campus and sharing some honest feedback that I can share as a support coach. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Missy to the podcast. Welcome, Missy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here with you today. Oh, great. I'm so glad because um, I'm excited about this topic that you shared that you want to talk about. I think it's really um, just interesting idea and I've seen a lot of coaches floating it. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Um, awesome. Before we get started and talking about what you're working on, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe share a little bit about who you are, um, you know, what kind of work you focus on, where you're from, that kind of thing. Perfect. So my name is Missy Sinclair and I am an instructional coach. This is my 19th year in education, and I have taught every grade, first through eighth grade, with the exception of second grade. Um, I This is my fifth year as an instructional coach, my third year in uh, the school district I am in right now, and I did two years when I lived in Arizona. So I am currently in a... Um, suburb just outside of Chicago. Literally, you could cross the street and you'd be in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I work with fifth through eighth grade teachers. And I work with all subjects, um, all teachers, specialist teachers, as well as paras, um, pretty much everybody fifth through eighth grade. So it's about 80 people total. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So a good size population. And I'm sure that one challenge that you would probably have is just really making sure that you're getting to everybody um, that you're kind of like selecting, okay, where, where am I gonna focus right now? But have I touched base with these people? And then special teachers can sometimes fall through the cracks um, because yes, they're not all sure. together with those content areas. So yeah, that can be a challenge. That is one of my challenges. <laughs> <laughs> Very common. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's especially difficult. I think you mentioned that earlier that you are, you're coaching from home right now. Is that right? Correct. So students and teachers are all at home right now, and we have not gone back since March. Okay. 
Yeah, that's, that's in my area, it's been the same. Um, they, they, uh, I live in El Paso, Texas and schools closed, you know, for in-person teaching, of course, in, in March. And they are, this week, teachers are going back to teach from school, but they are not teaching children in the school. <laughs> you know, the children are at home. So, oh, yeah. um, so that's where they're barely making that move now. And um, they're like debating when kids are going to come back. And it just kind of depends on, you know, I mean, every day is a new round of information and <laughs> they just make those decisions on, as they go. So it's stressful for a lot of people. So I, okay, one of the things that you mentioned was um, like your PD in a box, right? Correct. Okay, do you wanna share a little bit about what you're doing with that? Because this is, I've seen it pop up in a lot of places and people, are, some people are loving it. Some people are like, oh, I can't figure this out. So what do you do? What does it look like? So PD in a box, I also stumbled across when I was looking for ways to try to get into the classrooms of more veteran teachers who don't necessarily want to raise their hand and say, hey, can you come work with me? So I started looking into it around January of last school year, mm -hmm. of course, right before the whole right. shutdown happened. Um, so I started looking into it around January. I looked at quite a few different models, different ideas, and I kind of tweaked a few things that worked for me. So I named mine PD Parcels because I happen to be a huge Harry Potter fan and I wanted it to be more uh, old school parcel-y looking. Um, also one of my... I, I shy, sorry to interrupt, but I saw your post, I think in the coffee and coaching membership about how yes. you call it parcels. And I thought that was really cute and very memorable. Yes. So yes, I remember. So one of the things that I really miss in terms of um, teaching and having my own classroom was the creativity. I am very creative. I love to make t-shirts. I love to make ornaments. I love to make gifts, thing, coffee cups, things for people. And when I saw the PD boxes, I thought I can share PD ideas and I can make crafts for people. So to me, it was a win-win because it was something I really liked to do. Yeah. So I kind of went about it by creating um, a form and I would just ask the teachers to fill out their name. I would put a little disclosure in there that if you agree to do this, you are going to agree to let me come and see you teach whatever this PD is, whatever I'm teaching you, you're going to let me come in your classroom. In exchange for that, I will give you treats, basically, is what it boils <laughs> down to. Yeah. So um, I have them fill that out. I ask them some basic questions, and then I ask them if they want to tell me some more about themselves such as their favorite snack, their favorite color, their t-shirt size, their favorite subject in school, what is one school supply you cannot live without, those type of questions, or I let them select surprise me. So that's kind of how I get their information. And then I get an idea of what I want to make and I gear it towards them. So the very first PD parcel that I did was in person and, um, um, we did the AEIOU strategy, and I also had it um, translated into Spanish because I do work in a high population of Spanish-speaking students, so I have some dual language teachers that participated, 
and um, I made all the teachers tote bags to go along with what they teach or something I know about them. So they were all individualized. And when the teachers had me come in to observe them is when they got their treat or their box. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I put their favorite snack in there. I uh, keep an eye on Amazon and buy, you know, school supplies when they're in bulk. And I kind of put little bags together and put them in there as well as paper copies of anything that they would need for the PD. And I make some copies so that they have blanks for their students. So it's something that they can take and use right away. Yeah. I am trying not to add too much to their plate, something that they can do quickly was kind of where I was going. Yeah. And so we got one of those in and then we shut down. <laughs> um, so my first time around, I had 10 teachers participate mm -hmm. between the, the fifth grade center and the middle school. Mm -hmm. um, and then this year, everything has been remote and I have been able to still do these. I've taken some of the strategies um, in October. I think I did, I skipped September and we started in October mm -hmm. and I did um, what I was planning on doing in March, which was post-it Palooza's and I made it where the teachers could do it virtually. So I introduced them to a couple different tech tools that they could use and use with their students. And then when I made them t-shirts about being virtual teachers and I sent them a bunch of post-its and their favorite snacks. So they let me know their, um, their home address and I just sent them as well. And then in um, November and December, we combined months since it's such a busy time and we did flippity. And then I introduced three of the different items on Flippity that they can use. We did game show, we did Mad Libs and matching. And I create a slide deck for the teachers with videos of me explaining how to create each one of these different games. And then the teachers invited me into their classroom and it was a great success. I had 15 teachers this time. Um, the students loved it. I had many of the students email me because I had taught them previously and said that they liked the game show better than playing Kahoot. They were tired of playing Kahoot. <laughs> so I thought that was great because they've been using the same things since March. So if it was just a little way to kind of tweak things or add a little spark to the class and do it a little differently and the kids really, they really liked it, which was the whole point. I love that. I'm, I, I absolutely love what you're describing. Um, for one, I, I do want to say to anybody who's listening, if you do not know how to make mugs or t-shirts, that doesn't mean you can't do this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was just a way to like feed my soul too, because yes, it is I totally something I love to do for people. Yes. So it was something that I love to do, but just the PD in general mm -hmm. would be game changers for so yeah. many teachers. Yeah. And you could even, it's, you can even just get a pack of sticky notes and starburst and put them on their desk with a little note just thanking them for being a star or right. something like that and just in the I always yeah. I always give feedback I do a glow and a grow mm -hmm. how what I saw that was great and what could challenge them to grow 
and I was just writing it down when I was in the classroom and I would leave it for them, but now I just type it out and send it to them as well. Okay, great. Yeah, I love that. And I, I like that it's, that there's, it's really tied around a whole coaching cycle because you're giving, you're, you're teaching something new, you're helping them implement it, you're providing them with feedback. And then, you know, as they see that it's effective, they will hopefully integrate that into their own practice. Um, and it's a way to get yourself in the door for long-term coaching support if that's needed or if wanted. Um, that's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a fun way to get yourself in the door. <laughs> and I noticed that last year um, I was assigned to all the new teachers primarily in my coaching mm -hmm. cycles and we have quite a few, but when it came to the PD parcels, it was most of the veteran teachers who have even been in the district longer than I have, who just wanted an idea, you know, they didn't want to do an entire cycle where I had to come and do all these observations. If this is only going to take 15 minutes, I'm just popping in your class from for 15 minutes to see you just do that. Yeah. And I think it takes the pressure off. Um, I, I'm definitely not a someone who evaluates by any means. And I always let the teachers know this is between you and I. Mm -hmm. um, so it was getting me into the door into rooms that normally I wouldn't have been right. invited into. Cool. Yeah, that's great. That's a perfect way to do it. Um, I do mean, the snacks help. Oh yes, snacks always help. <laughs> and you know, a, something personalized is always nice because it does show, I'm thinking of you, I know you're a person. Um, you know, right. and I, I'm this, well, I think we've talked about this in the membership before in the Facebook group, actually, that I, I'm the same way I used to love, like I would make ornaments for all my teachers at Christmas, or I would make something personalized because it's just, I just, I enjoy doing that. So I love the way you found a way to bring that, you know, it adds joy to your work, which is, is a great thing to do. Um, is, do you do, now that you're virtual, um, are you doing these live or are they pre-recorded sessions that teach them how to do things? So I just do pre-recorded sessions of me, show, like Loom videos showing how to create the different, um, for Flippity, how to create like the Jeopardy game show and I explained how to do it. And then I put that in there. Um, when I put together the Post-it Palooza one, mm -hmm. I kind of made a slide deck with multiple different links and they all went together and it gave them ideas mm -hmm. that they could implement in their classroom as well. Mm -hmm. Here are some things you could do. Here are some different ways to do ticket out the door or how can you um, include Post-its as just a, a quick little CFA to see if the students understood what you were doing today. And I had to somehow figure out how to get the teachers to be able to do that either on the fly or uh, using Jamboard. Um, my middle school uses um, Nearpod. They have the full Nearpod that is available to them, but something that any teacher can do at any moment if you're in the middle of um, having a conversation and your students are not interact interacting with you is just using the collaborate.nearpod.com, which pulls up a collaboration board right away. It's free, it lasts for two hours, so it was something that I wanted the teachers to, to see if we're in the middle of a conversation and you are not answering me or you are not replying, 
since many students don't like to open their cameras or have their microphones on here, I didn't have to pre-plan this. I can type the question in really quick, send the link in chat, and all of a sudden the students are answering and replying. So it was a quick way to get the teachers, to teach the teachers how to do this just off the cuff and they didn't have to have an entire Nearpod planned out already. Yeah, I love that. And that's what you want is something that's easy to integrate. Um, and then if they try that out and they like it, maybe they'll delve deeper into the other resources that they have. But you kind of have right. to, you know, start to, um, it's like with, I mentioned this the other day on the podcast, but um, like with my toddler, if she's not interested in eating, you know, a full meal, I can give her a strawberry and she will 99% of the time eat that strawberry and then she'll start eating the rest of her meal. But you got to get the doors open first. <laughs> right. So I do have a question real quick before we talk about any challenges that you're having with this. And that is about um, funding. Are you funding all of this stuff yourself? Do you have any support from your, your building? What is So that? I have been funding it all myself. Um, I do get an allotment of money that all the teachers get to spend each year. I just haven't been at school. I just kind of order it and go with it. I'm sure if I would reach out and say, can you refund me for this? It would happen. But as of right now, I just fund it myself. Yeah, it hasn't been a priority to go through the rigmarole. To get right, yeah. right. Yeah. I was just curious because I know that some people are going to wonder about that. And there probably would be, most of the time you can get a small amount for towards something. So even if you just provided the necessary materials for people to do the activity, and like you said, a Starburst or something, right. um, you probably could get something like that covered if you ask in the right way, especially if you use it to frame around those goals for your administration, show that, that how actually initiating something like this would support the work that your campus is trying to do. Um, if you chose topics around, you know, things that your campus is working on as a whole, I mean, engagement is obviously huge, especially in virtual teaching, because that's a whole new thing people had to learn to do. So where are you getting your ideas for topics for sessions? Internet searches are uh, really a great help. I, I just look all over wherever we can find things. Um, YouTube and following people who talk about different tech options for the classroom. And I kind of find one that I think the majority of my students and teachers would like, and then um, go from there and kind of pick one and then fall down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so I try to also think of just good teaching strategies you would do if you were in the classroom and now how can we make that digital? Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I like that. You're, you're kind of bringing something new to the table that helps them do something we should already be doing. Right. Um, but just like a new tool and, and focusing on tech tools as people are, you know, teaching virtually. And even as we go back to um, in-person teaching, you know, districts have invested so much in technology over this last year and a half. And so it's kind of like a shame if we go back to the classroom and then kind of dump everything we learned through virtual teaching, we can still bring so many of these tools and strategies and apps into the classroom for live teaching as well. So I think you're, you know, you're making an investment that was going to last, you know, as long as you keep following up on it, you're going to see this over time in your regular classroom as well. I did have a question about, so what, are you having any challenges? You know, where does it, cause it sounds like it's going pretty well, um, but is there anything that you wanted to improve upon or anything that you're trying to figure out? 
I think a challenge for sure would definitely be including all teachers. Mm -hmm. So I have yet to have a specials teachers join, you know, our STEAM teacher, our art teacher, our gym teacher, um, our computer teacher. So I, I have not had specials teachers really join in. And I'm curious to see if I can come up with activities that could work across the board. Sure. So that definitely is a challenge. And, and it, the teachers who, once they've started, they've stayed, like they sign up each month, mm -hmm. they ask me when's the next one. So I would love to be able to recruit more teachers mm -hmm. as well. I wonder if something about like getting feedback from them on their needs or like questions or challenges that they're having might help guide maybe a special session for specials teachers to get them on board. Um, because like you're saying, sometimes getting your, you know, once they get into the program, they go, oh, hey, this is actually really useful. Um, so maybe having like a special round where you seek out um, really what is, what are the challenges that you're having? What is a question I can support you with or, or a question that you have about virtual teaching and um, using that information to guide a topic or a strategy that you could share in, in a special session. Um, even a Google form is an easy way to collect information from people about where they are in the, you know, in their teaching. Cause it is, it is difficult. Sometimes special teachers have special challenges. <laughs> and, um, so maybe what they're looking for might be very different, but you might be able to provide it if you could figure out what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that idea. And sometimes just asking them means they're more likely to show up because, they're like, oh, you're actually trying to do something for me, which is nice because, you know, they tend to get left out of a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Is there anything else? Like, like I, I totally get that. Yeah, meeting needs of, of, of varied teachers is a real challenge. Um, are there any other issues that you're having with or anything else that you'd like to figure out? Or do Maybe you some ideas on where you would also suggest to find resources like resources for technology tools or for anything? <laughs> um, for either technology tools or just um, ideas in general. And then I tend to put it into um, a virtual format for them, or I like to be able to teach teachers how to put it into a virtual format. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, always getting feedback from teachers is a good place to start. So if you kind of think through what it is that teachers are being asked to do, um, if you have any kind of, you know, I know that you're talking about cross-curricular um, classrooms, but if you have any kind of um, maybe like school focus, like for example, some schools are very focused on uh, visual learning or some schools are very focused on, like you said, engagement strategies or strategies to support ELL students. Um, if you have a school focus that you're looking towards, that might be a place to pull ideas from and say, okay, this is a need we have. So I can find solutions to this and share that with teachers because they're being asked to do it. So now I can help them with a tool that will actually help them do it. Um, another place is, I don't know about, um, you, you mentioned you're outside of Chicago. Everywhere has, you know, different teacher evaluation systems and everything looks different. But here in Texas, a few years back, we moved to a system in which each teacher has to create really specific goals that they're working towards. And then throughout the year, they have to kind of demonstrate how they're learning and applying, you know, this learning in order to achieve that goal. So that might be a place to start too, is if you have any kind of teacher goal setting 
um, looking through those and noticing any trends and then pulling ideas from there. So you're kind of meeting the need that they've established. So if a bunch of your teachers say um, student engagement, for example, which is really what you've kind of been talking about, then that's a good place to focus. If a bunch of your teachers talk about um, increasing rigor or changing their questioning or um, making sure that kids have hands-on opportunities to learn, then those could be a good areas of focus for you to kind of dig into solutions for. Um, if you are communicating with your admin as well, as they are doing kind of evaluations or walkthroughs or whatever, you know, whatever's going on, I know it looks different everywhere, especially now, that might be a good place to pull from as well. Because if they see needs across the campus, like for example, one year my admin was like, I'm just not seeing the kids don't talk enough. <laughs> and it was, it, it was true. You know, she said that they're not using academic language. I'm not seeing the sentence frames being provided so that they speak in these complete sentences. We're not encouraging that language development enough. So then that's really what everything else builds upon, you know? So we really focused on that. So if, if you can kind of lay out, um, our, my administrator used to take all of her walkthrough forms and just lay them out and look at patterns across them. And then from there, she could kind of pull, okay, this is a direction that we should really focus on. And that gave me some guidance in terms of what PD teachers could need, could use to be supportive of that area. So there's a couple of different ways. You, know, you can ask them, you can go based on observations, you can go based on goals, um, but you could also just send out a checklist and say, which one sounds like, which one would you show up to? and see who you get the most, <laughs> um, the most response from, uh, because that's, you know, a hot topic. I was thinking another thing that might be kind of fun is something about like, bring a buddy or bring a friend or having a special incentive if they can get somebody else signed up. Um, and that way you have, you know, the person who's already benefited from this, this resource and then their new buddy who has not benefited, but they've kind of convinced them to come along for the ride. So that uh, might be maybe like a referral bonus. Yes, there you go. Refer a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know what that bonus would be, but you're very creative and crafty. So I'm sure you'll come up with something cool. <laughs> I like that idea. That's a great idea. It can't hurt. And you might get people who, you know, they maybe are reluctant, but the friend's like, oh, come on, it'll be fun. And then, you know, they have kind of an accountability buddy too that they could try things out and bounce things off of. Oops, someone is emailing me, excuse me. <laughs> so uh, does that does that sound like something that could work? Any of those ideas for Absolutely. getting- Absolutely, I love the referral idea. Um, I meet with both sets of principals monthly. Um, okay. It is kind of hard since everybody's remote to be doing walkthroughs, but uh, I always ask, is there a focus you want me to mm -hmm. work on? I also monthly reach out to all of my new teachers. So when they bounce ideas back, that would be a great idea to focus on that. Yeah, that's a good point because your new teachers are sometimes an indicator of what's not really been spelled out <laughs> completely. Um, that they're like, I, these are questions I have and I don't even know where to find this information, you know, so that's a good. I have found that my new teachers in terms of being virtual and technology, that they are very comfortable with using computers and where some of my more veteran teachers are a little nervous and afraid they're going to break something. And I always have to like, just click it. If not hit the back button, it, it'll be fine. Right. Um, so I feel like I want to make sure that I'm including everybody, but making it appropriate and scaffold for all levels for those who are super comfortable with technology and those that are not as comfortable. 
Mm -hmm. Yes. I, yeah, that's really important. Not like differentiating kind of, um, having, you know, certain tools. Like if, if you're not sure how, maybe a little bonus video, if you are not sure how to log into this, watch this video, <laughs> but if you already know how to log in, or if you already know how to set up a basic document, then you're fine. Um, you can skip to video two or something like that. Um, because yeah, we want to make sure that we're scaffolding the teachers who need it and not boring the teachers who don't. <laughs> right. That can be very, get very old very fast. But what's nice is that they watch it on their own time. So because you're, you're pre-recording, so they can kind of scan through. Like, I know I do that on videos all the time. I'm like, no, 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 I already know this part. I'm going to skip through this part and get to the part that I don't know. Um, so when I do mine, I try to set it up on uh, each slide. I do a just a screenshot of what I'm going to be talking about. And then I do a video just on that one portion. Perfect. So teachers can scroll through and if they can do the first three steps, they don't even have to look at it. They could start at step four. That's perfect. I was going to ask, is there like a, you know, like a section slide or something like that that distinguishes it so they can just kind of move through it. But that's a good way to do it. It's visual. Um, they go, oh, I already know this part. Click, click, click. Okay, now I'm ready to, I'll just skip forward to slide four. So that's perfect. And then I also include the PDFs if it's anything that they would need to upload and put in Schoology or Seesaw. Um, I have that already finished for them. So all they really have to do is just upload it. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, do they have a way to kind of communicate after the fact? Like they've, they've, tried out the strategy, you've come in and visited. Is there a way for them to celebrate or share that learning somehow? Not necessarily. I leave um, the glow and grow with them and I write them an email letting them, thanking them for letting me join them and telling them how much I've enjoyed their classroom and interacting with their students. Some teachers, I always let them know I can either join your classroom and just be a quiet observer with my camera off and my microphone off, or if you're playing games, I'm, I'm happy to play the game with you. Mm -hmm. uh, most teachers will have me play the game along with them, which is always fun because I get to interact with the students, which I don't normally get to do. Um, and so I send that glow and grow and the thank you to them. I always ask them to, to please let let your students know that I appreciate them. Most of the time they will just respond back. Thank you for joining me, that type of thing. So I do think it would be a great idea to come up with something that they could reflect and also um, kind of tell me how they felt about the whole process. Yeah, that would be really good. Um, getting some basic feedback from them about, you know, was this effective? Like, was it a tool you'd use again? What did you like about it? What adjustments would you make? Even just very basic things like that would be neat. Um, giving them a shout out, like in a newsletter or something along those lines, uh, something that goes out regularly to people and say, hey, shout out to all these teachers who tried out this new strategy this month. If you're looking to learn how to use XYZ, um, they're, the, they're the people who can model for you because they're awesome at it. They just tried it out and they really enjoyed it. Um, or even having, trying to think about, you know, in, in person, we sit there during PLCs and we say, how did it go? And, oh, yay, thank you for sharing with us. Um, but virtually it's different because, I mean, obviously we're not sitting in the room together. So even having like a, not a Facebook group necessarily, but some kind, somewhere like a, um, like a Flipgrid or something where they can share an, a response to something they've tried out. And you don't want to make it too overburdensome, like too much, you know, 
rigmarole stuff to, to hoops to jump through. But um, it might be a neat way to just get people's responses and say, you know, when you tried this out, how did it go? Like, let's celebrate. Does anybody have a celebration in response to this specific strategy? Um, so that might be kind of a fun thing to do also, just so they can, you know, there's pride in trying something new. And they had to do the learning and they had to implement it. And um, you created the opportunity, but they took, they took you up on it, which is great. So having some kind of celebration or even in the school newsletter, like I, our principal used to send out a weekly newsletter and there were certain little highlights, but having a celebration on there for who decided to put themselves out there and try something new might be a neat way to celebrate too. Easy and easy, very low key. So I love that. Yeah, I think um, after a while it can be wrote, you know, whenever we do these things for like two years, after a while people are like, okay, yeah, celebration, whatever. But at first it's fun. So, <laughs> so you can try out one way and then maybe try something else down the road whenever that one gets kind of dull. <laughs> All right. So is there anything else that you would like to chat about before we wrap up today? I think your ideas were amazing and I appreciate you sharing them because I think those are things that can just enhance the PD parcels. Um, I would just encourage coaches to try it and just do baby steps, find something that they feel comfortable with, um, even a strategy that they are tried and true that they use um, to in, in the everyday classroom before we were all virtual mm -hmm. and encouraging teachers to still use those strategies and just try it a little bit at a time. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yeah. I like that. It, um, start with something you're comfortable with because the, the process can be a little like trying to figure out how that works might be a challenge. So you want to start with something you really know. <laughs> and that's what I did. The AEIOU strategy was the one that I had already used and I felt comfortable with it. So I felt like I could share that with others mm -hmm. and I've just kind of gone from there. That's perfect. Yeah. Then you can branch out and try things that maybe are not in your wheelhouse um, like you talked about the specials teachers, you might have to find something a little, you know, a little challenging there. Um, but now that you have the process down, it's easier to do that because everything else is already in place. I love Absolutely. it. I love this idea. And I really do hope some, some coaches take you up on that and try it out. If you do coaches, you should definitely share about it on, on um, Instagram or on Facebook so we can see, because I think it's such a cool idea. It's a way to differentiate your support and get people the support that they need. And I feel like the possibilities are endless. I mean, you've had some good um, turnout with that, right? It, which is absolutely awesome. So yeah, definitely try it out coaches. And if you do try it out, let us know and tag me. So at Buzzing with Miss B, so I can take a look at, um, at your cool PD in a box or whatever, <laughs> whatever you're calling it. So thank you so much for being here today, Missy. I just love this conversation. I think this is the coolest strategy and it makes me want to like adopt a school to be able to do it. <laughs> it sounds like thank so you for having me. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and so I hope that you continue this this year. And, and if you do make any changes or adjustments and over time, let me know because I'd love to hear how that goes. Absolutely. So there you go. That was my conversation with Missy. Uh, Missy actually is in the Coffee and Coaching membership. And that membership is, uh, it's going to be live shortly or it is live right now for you to join us. Coffee and Coaching is the membership for instructional coaches. It's all online. It's all virtual and it's everything that you need right when you need it. We have an amazing content calendar where we put out two professional development videos every single, every single month for our members. <clears throat> 
and we have a, um, a coffee talk, which is a live Q and a coaching call for our members once a month. We also create um, resources that you can download and use in your coaching right away. So absolutely check that out. That's coffee and coaching membership.com. The next episode that I'm going to share with you is something I'm real excited about. It's uh, I'm talking to Angela Kelly. That's episode 72. And we are talking about how to grow the coach and principal relationship through really purposeful dialogue. So this is something that a lot of coaches have asked about how they can actually get their principal to kind of understand their role or define their role or share their role <laughs> and how we can educate principals, maybe if they're not on, you know, on the same page of what an instructional coach can actually do. So I want to make sure that you tune into that one. That one is coming out next week because I think it's going to be super helpful. This is a great time of year if you're listening to this live to have this conversation with your principal about really creating a strong foundation because the schools that have the most effective coaching programs usually have a really strong and, and nuanced relationship between the principal and coach. So definitely tune in for that. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.